celebrating 30 years on Utah's airwaves. Western Life Radio thanks you for joining us around the campfire and for your ongoing support to Utah's longest-running home, garden, travel, and outdoor adventure program. You can always join us on our online campsite at westernliferadio.com. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey! the dreaded <laughs> splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Connect with the world through Rise Broadband and stay in touch with all things important to you and your family. Known as the number one fixed wireless internet provider in the United States, Rise Broadband will keep you connected with work, school, shopping, and entertainment. Whether you live in a suburban or rural area, Rise helps keep you and your family connected with the people and things that you value most. Rise Broadband offers flexible packages designed to meet your budget so you can enjoy all your favorite music and movies with fast, reliable, in-home Wi-Fi. Stream your favorite shows, play the hottest games without buffering, and stay in touch with family and friends on Skype. Get more for less with Rise Broadband. To check availability in your area, visit risebroadband.com or call 844-411-RISE. When carrying a firearm, always treat it as if it were loaded. Always keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on target and you're ready to fire. Never let your muzzle point at anything you're not willing to destroy. And always be sure of your target, its environment, and any other safety hazards. This announcement has been brought to you by TaylorGunsmithing.com. Discover the magic within Utah State Parks with an annual State Parks Pass. From boating and fishing to hiking, camping, and off-highway vehicle adventures, Utah State Parks offers a wide variety of activities in the great outdoors. An annual State Park Pass opens the gate to year-round adventures at an amazing price. The annual State Park Pass provides day-use access for you and your family for 12 months from date of purchase. In addition, you Utah State Parks opens the gate to cultural and historical parks where you can learn more about Utah's rich heritage. And don't forget to reserve your favorite campsites year-round with options in teepees, yurts, and hammocks in addition to the standard tent and RV options. Visit the trailhead for more information at stateparks.utah.gov. I'm Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. We live in an incredible state, and this time of year, my family and I, we love to ride. Unfortunately, we've had too many fatalities this year. And while safety equipment is critical, it's not enough. Remember to always be aware of your surroundings and never ride beyond your capabilities. We wanna make sure that you make it home safe. And never forget, nobody is invincible. Faster Utah is proactive about school safety. For more information, fasterutah.org. 
has officially begun, and Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. From hiking to camping to shooting, ready for some fishing? Sportsman's Warehouse has all the rods, reels, baits, and nets you need for success. And hunting season will be here before you know it, so bring in your bows for free tune-ups. The best part of all is that at Sportsman's Warehouse, you'll find knowledgeable people who are passionate about what they do, and they will get you just what you need. Sportsman's Warehouse. Take it outside. Play safe on the water. In Utah, youth 12 to 17 must pass an approved safety class prior to operating personal watercraft on Utah waters. Classes are offered statewide. Register now or get more information by calling 801-538-BOAT. Visit stateparks.utah.gov. This message brought to you by the Utah State Parks Boating Program. on the shoreline once again with Salt City Bassmasters and TBF. Thank you for taking a few minutes with us. Absolutely. How are you doing today? Fantastic. It is awesome to hear your voice again. I know you are extremely busy. You live to fish. I'm glad you're here. What about youth? Do you have anything special set aside for youth to help them get educated and grow into the sport? There are. The cool thing is there is a high school and youth leagues that are out there. There's one through the TBF. I'm not sure exactly what's going on. I know Alex Falave and I think Nick Maxwell were running it. I'm not sure exactly where that is right now. I haven't talked to him in a while. I think Alex Falave, I think his son graduated from high school, so I'm not sure if he's going to keep doing the high school thing, obviously, if his son's graduated from high school. But his son and some kids have gone back to the Nationals and done pretty well. This year, one of the kids won a really big scholarship, was kind of cool won like a $100,000 scholarship back at the Nationals. Uh, I think it was Jake Powell. That pays off. So that was cool. So there are opportunities for youth. I did help out. The Wyoming had their first ever high school bass tournament at Fleming Gorge, Wyoming High School Bass. I went up and volunteered as a boat captain and took my boat up there and took two kids out who had never caught a bass in their life. And they ended up finishing second overall. I told the kids, I said, you know, it's pretty bad when the first bass you ever catch in your life is a four-pound smallmouth. <laughs> Literally, the one kid, the first fish he caught was a four-pound smallmouth. And I'm just, dude, you don't understand. You don't just catch four-pound smallmouth all day long. But there's a lot of good fish in the gorge. That there are. So they had a lot of fun, and they were from a place called Farson, Wyoming. 
There was 54 kids total in their high school. Oh, my. That's cool. Whole class. 54 from, like, 8th grade through 12th grade. There's 54 kids in the whole high school. Oh, my goodness. They play six-man football, but they won the state 1A six-man football championship. Oh, wow. That is so cool. I think they had 12 kids total on the team or something. Obviously, you play both ways, I guess. I guess you'd have to. (laughs) (laughs) They had a lot of fun, and that was cool, helping out. I love to watch kids grow and learn a new sport and get excited about it, so that's cool. Obviously, TBF and FLW have always had the youth programs, so hopefully we're going to be pushing that. If I have to get involved and help that, I probably will. So that should be going on next year. But TBF Utah has a webpage for the youth and the TBF, so you can look that up for Facebook. They have Facebook pages. Utah Bass Nation also has a Facebook page, so you can look up that if you're interested. There's also different clubs, Salt City Bass, obviously, Salt City Bass Masters. So put a space between each word, and you'll find us on Facebook, and you can message me if you want any more information. Central Utah Bass has a club that a lot of people fish. There's also some other things like UBTT, which is Ultimate Bass Tournament Trail. They're team tournaments that fish around various parts of the state, and they have different divisions. They have a Lake Powell division. They have a Northern Utah division. And so there's a lot of different opportunities. But if you want to just start and learn, I would recommend getting involved with the Bass Club, having people show you a little bit of the rope. That way you don't have to put a ton of money in it before you start doing it. Like I said, you could fish in your multi-species boat or whatever because we're fishing Manaway or close lakes that are small, Echo, Rockport, whatever that are smaller lakes, so you don't need that super-fast boat to beat everybody to the spot. And everybody in the clubs is usually really helpful and help you learn different things. Now, is this time of year, it's getting late in the season. Are there any tips or tricks for folks that may want to pursue bass a little more than what they have been doing? Well, one thing is it's great early morning top water stuff because the fish come up shallow chasing stuff, and so you can catch them on top water this time of year, which is a lot of fun because you can throw frogs or buzz baits or whatever, rip them across the top and get that big old explosion when they take it. Just remember, if you're fishing top water, you've got to wait for them to actually take it and start to feel the tug before you set the hook. Everybody wants to set it. As soon as they see an explosion, they end up pulling it out of their mouth. But that's a great time for top water. Some of the lakes, obviously, fish really good, have some great bass in them. Pine View, Rockport has smallmouth, Echo has smallmouth. I think they're closing Echo, maybe. You're right. Deer Creek has largemouth and smallmouth in it. So almost all the lakes around here, the lower elevation lakes, obviously strawberry, supposedly there's a few bass in there that somebody probably dumped in illegally, but there's not really a population in there. Flaming Gorge has huge smallmouth bass in it, which is awesome. You've got Lake Powell, obviously, if you like to go down to Lake Powell. you got everything from smallmouth to stripers down there. Quail Creek down by St. George. I mean, pretty much all the lower elevation reservoirs have smallmouth in them. So even Willard Bay, for instance, has both largemouth and smallmouth in there. So there's different lakes to try, and Utah Lake has some big largemouth in it. There's different... Ways to fish. Right now, spinner baits, topwater stuff work really good. 
crankbaits work really good because the water's warmer, especially early morning and evening. The top water stuff works really good. If you start to get into bass fishing, you're really going to get into bass fishing. It's one of those sports that can become pretty addicting. If you are interested in learning about fishing tournaments, like I said, you're welcome to come to our Salt City Bass Masters, which we have our club meetings the first Wednesday of every month. We have a club meeting at Club 90 in Sandy. So you have to be 21, obviously, because they do serve alcohol there. But they give us a room that we can go have our meeting in for free. So we've been doing that for a while. We are looking at maybe having a few meetings off that site just so we could have 18, 20-year-olds come. But if you're interested, message me or come to a meeting first Wednesday of the month, and we'll welcome you in. We'll talk about the club. And I have been lately actually posting our meetings on Facebook Live so people can watch the video of our meetings on the Facebook page if you want to find more information out. There's a little information page about the club. Uh, some of the rules. And our club is just a paper club, meaning that we don't actually put the fish in the live well or anything. We just measure them and put them on a piece of paper. And then the other person on your boat has to sign off that you're not cheating. So it's an honor system, and it's just for fun. Like I say, you're not going to make a lot of money, but hopefully you win enough to pay for your gas. You know what I mean? Exactly. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were talking about different types of buzz baits and different things. What size, what colors are we going to see this time of year? What ones will be more effective, and how do you decide for first-time bass anglers? Well, obviously, it depends on the lake and the water clarity. If the water's clear or semi-clear, you want to go with bright whites and chartreuses. If the water's really murky, you need to go with dark purple and blacks. Or if you're fishing at night, you want to go with darker colors. If you're fishing in the bright daytime, you want to go with a little bit lighter colors. But... For spinnerbaits, this time of the year, just a silver blade with a white and little chartreuse skirt works great in most of the lakes with our water clarity. Some of the buzzbaits, like the yellowish and chartreuse or white buzzbaits with either a gold or silver blade on it. And buzzbaits are fun because you cast that and you just reel it on and the blade just buzzes along the top and then you just get a big old explosion. It's fun. But throwing frogs is fun, just floating frogs. You can either have hollow ones or you can throw kazoom types or the Z-Man types that drag them along the top, reel them with the legs flapping. Reel them almost like a buzz bait if you want. There's a bunch of different topwater baits. And crankbaits work really good this time of the year because the fish are a little bit faster. Water's not super slow, so they will take a bait moving faster this time of year. So crankbaits work quite well this time of the year. Jerk baits work really well this time of the year. And, of course, jigs and plastic worms and sinkos always work. Doesn't matter what time of year it is. A lot of different options to choose from. And the fun thing is, like you said, once you start catching one of these things, the first time you catch one of these things, you're pretty much hooked on it. There's so much an explosion. There's so much energy in those few inches of this fish. It's amazing where they get all this energy from. Yeah, and I tell people, if you want to really want a good fight, go to the gorge and catch a three- or four-pound smallmouth and see how hard they can fight because they will take drag out. Now, that tournament, every day of the tournament they were in, I caught a 25-pound carp both days. <laughs> I took my jig, and both of them took me about 10 to 15 minutes to land because they were screaming drag out because I only fish with eight-pound tests because the water's so clear up there. 
And that brings up the next question. What type of line you're using, and also what type of rod should people be using? Can they use their same one that they use for trout? Can they get by with that? Most of the time, you want a rod that's a little bit stiffer than you would on your normal trout rod. Now, obviously, a drop shot rod, if you're drop shot and we're fishing that, that's going to be a softer, slower, more equilibrium bend is your drop shot rod. But most bass rods, especially like if you're fishing jigs or those kind of things, are going to be a little bit stiffer and very highly sensitive rods because you want to feel the slightest pickup when that fish just picks up that bait rather than hitting it real hard. Sometimes they'll just barely mouth it, and it's almost indetectable, but that was a fish. You know that was a fish, or they hit it when you're dragging a jig and it falls off a rock, and they pick it up as it's fallen, and all of a sudden your line just goes, you got to have that sensitivity in the rod. So I've always had people, oh, can I use my ugly stick? Yeah, you can use your ugly stick if you're throwing a crankbait, but I'm telling you, if you're fishing jigs, you're not going to feel half the pickups with a rod that's not sensitive enough. So it just depends. But you can get really good rods now for, for that $50 range. You can get some really sensitive rods in that range. Obviously, most of the rods I fish with are in the $150 to $300 range, but that's because you get snobby and you start wanting more and more. because <laughs> you get hooked in it. It's a passion. I don't think I've talked to a bass angler that's been in the sport very much that just love it. Once you get into it, it's an addiction almost. It's just like anything else. I mean, there's guys who are passionate about fishing for tiger muskie. They really want to chase tiger muskie, and they're trying to get a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one. There's guys that are passionate about fishing for kokanee. They want to go up there and troll and catch the kokanee, which, by the way, there's a great time right now to get the kokanee before they start turning red and going up the rivers. They're about as big as you can get right now for the kokanee, so that's something else we can talk about another time is kokanee fishing. But bass fishing, it is something that you can really get involved in, just like the guys that get really involved in walleye fishing or ice fishing for purge or ice fishing for crappie or whatever. That's why I love fishing myself. There's so many different species to go after. I have been narrowing my focus a little bit to fishing a lot of bass fishing because I want to do it while I still can, while I still have the stamina and all that, to go fish bass tournaments, be on a boat for eight hours a day, trying to catch every single fish that's in there so I can win a tournament. So while I still got the stamina, I've been focusing on that for a while. Later on, I'll go get me a multi-species boat and go trolling around for kokanee. My brother fishes for kokanee. He loves fishing for coats. What about reels? What are your recommendations for reels for bass fishing? It depends on what kind of line you're throwing and what kind of bait you're fishing. So I use more spinning reels than bait casting reels because I finesse fish more than I power fish. Okay. So power fishing would be using heavier weights or bigger baits and using a bait casting reel. And I do that. I throw jigs and I throw crankbaits with bait casters, but I do a lot of finesse fishing. So when I'm finesse fishing, I'm using fluorocarbon line generally and a spinning reel on a six and a half to a seven four spinning rod. Usually medium. If I'm drop shotting, sometimes I go medium light to a medium heavy, depending on how heavy a jig I'm throwing or if I'm finesse fishing. But when I'm throwing crankbaits, I'm usually throwing it with a bait caster, unless it's really small jerk baits, in which case I'll throw jerk baits a lot of times on my spinning rod. But 
the big crankbaits and the heavier jigs and buzz baits, spinner baits, I'll throw with bait casters. And bait casting reels usually you have faster line retrieve because they're higher geared and they'll actually pick up more line faster. So it really depends on the kind of baits you're fishing and also what line you're going to use. Like if I'm throwing top water stuff, I want to throw it generally, I'll throw it with braided line because braided line floats better and then put a mono leader on there because fluorocarbon sinks. So you generally don't want to use fluorocarbon for top water stuff. I know a lot of new anglers, a lot of times when they get into these different reels, they get bird's nests. Any tips or suggestions to avoid them? Practice. All I can tell people is go to the backyard and practice because practice makes perfect. you got to get used to fishing that because invariably what happens is you decide, oh, I'm going to skip this bait under there, and you do that with a bait caster and you haven't done it before. And then you just put that rod in the rod locker and pick up another one and start fishing because that one is so messed up. You could spend the whole day trying to get it untangled. I've been there before. That's actually kind of fun to go out there in the park and get a couple hoops or buckets and try to cast out precision cast. Bass exactly. fishing is all about that precision casting. It really helps. And especially like young kids, get them out there and practice out and then get them to say, hey, here, I'll give you a dime if you can get it in this bucket or this trash can. And I'll give you a dollar if you can put it in this soda cup. That's just fun. That's a great activity any time of the year if you can't get away to the water. It's just fun, and it's great practice. You don't even realize you're practicing. You're having so much fun. Yeah, and remember, we got bass in the little community ponds around here. Daybreak and Willow Pond and all, they have bass in them, so... You can go up there and catch some largemouth out of those community ponds. That's right. All right, then. Let's take a quick break. Be back in a few minutes. We're visiting with Mr. Peter Milburn with TBF and Salt City Bassmasters. When we come back, we'll have reminders for catch and release for those bass. Stick around. More fun is on the way here on Western Life Radio. through Rise Broadband and stay in touch with all things important to you and your family. Known as the number one fixed wireless internet provider in the United States, Rise Broadband will keep you connected with work, school, shopping, and entertainment. Whether you live in a suburban or rural area, Rise helps keep you and your family connected with the people and things that you value most. Rise Broadband offers flexible packages designed to meet your budget so you can enjoy all your favorite music and movies with fast, reliable, in-home Wi-Fi. Stream your favorite shows, play the hottest games without buffering, and stay in touch with family and friends on Skype. Get more for less with Rise Broadband. To check availability in your area, visit risebroadband.com or call 844-411-RISE. Hey, let's hit the lake. Put on your life jackets and let's go. But Mom, when will I be old enough so I won't drown and I don't have to wear my life jacket? Will I be invincible just like you? Sweetie. 
I'm not invincible. I need my life jacket too. Anyone can drown, no matter how old they are. Accidents do happen. Protect yourself and set an example. Wear the proper safety gear when you're on the water. Please remember, nobody is invincible. Summer has officially begun, and Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. From hiking to camping to shooting, ready for some fishing? Sportsman's Warehouse has all the rods, reels, baits, and nets you need for success. And hunting season will be here before you know it, so bring in your bows for free tune-ups. The best part of all is that at Sportsman's Warehouse, you'll find knowledgeable people who are passionate about what they do and they will get you just what you need. Sportsman's Warehouse, take it outside. Put on your helmet, let's go. But mom, when will I be old enough so I don't have to wear my helmet? When will I become invincible just like you? Sweetie, I'm not invincible. I need my helmet too. Anyone can get hurt, no matter how old they are. Be responsible and set an example when you ride. Accidents do happen. Please remember, nobody is invincible. Explore the universe from one of Utah's dark sky parks. With more than 14 state park destinations to choose from, your family can gaze at the Milky Way, watch the moon rise, or make a wish during a meteor shower. With the right telescope, you can find nearby planets, tour distant galaxies, or capture the heavens with your own deep space photography. Your adventure begins with a camping reservation and a clear view to the darkened skies. Launch your epic nighttime adventure at stateparks.utah.gov. Don't let your next family outing end in tragedy. Don't drink and ride. Driving an OHV under the influence of alcohol is no different than driving your car under the influence of alcohol. Law enforcement officers will be out checking riders and operators of OHVs. You could end up seeing jail time, loss of driver's license, the same stiff penalties that apply to operating a car. This message is from the Utah Division of Parks and Recreation. Ride responsibly. No matter what's bugging you this summer in your garden, the USU Extension Service Integrated Pest Management Program can help you find solutions. From free fact sheets and books to seminars and updated pest advisories, this website will point you in the right direction. To find these and other free resources, stop at extension.usu.edu forward slash pests. When carrying a firearm, always treat it as if it were loaded. Always keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on target and you're ready to fire. Never let your muzzle point at anything you're not willing to destroy. And always be sure of your target, its environment, and any other safety hazards. This announcement has been brought to you by TaylorGunsmithing.com. Choose your adventure. With 46 state parks and an impressive list of recreational opportunities, yes, bass fishing at Sand Hall State Park, visitors might have a hard time choosing what to do each weekend. Woo! 
windsurfing at Deer Creek State Park. Choose your adventure, explore Utah, and create memories at Utah State Parks. For campground reservations, ideas for your next adventure, or to purchase an annual pass, stop by stateparks.utah.gov. Hey everyone, this is Nick Valesky with the Utah State University Extension Integrated Pest Management Program. Let's talk about grasshoppers. Almost all our vegetable plants, agronomic crops, weeds, and pasture grasses are susceptible to grasshoppers. The adults and the nymphs have a robust body, hind legs with enlarged femurs for long distance jumping, and they have relatively short antenna. There are several different species of grasshoppers that we see here in the western United States. The adults and nymphs feed with chewing mouthparts, and this can cause random ragged holes in the leaves, flowers, and sometimes immature pods and fruit. Most species in Utah have one generation per year. They overwinter as eggs within pods in the soil. Damage occurs starting in early summer after the rangeland weeds dry up and may continue all season. Eggs hatch from late May to early June, but remember there's a lot of different species that can hatch at different times, which makes it even more of a pain to manage. Look for nymphs from late May to early June to determine when eggs have hatched. Again, look for those ragged holes in the plant. And then the number of grasshoppers present in the late summer and early fall could be a good indicator of the problems to predict for the following year. Utah's grasshopper populations fluctuate from year to year, so large populations can be economically damaging, but the outbreaks are hard to predict. So to manage grasshoppers, you want to focus on managing those nymphs with a bait. A lot of growers like the NOLO bait. And you want to encourage an area-wide control. So this could be with several farms or several homes. If you have a lot of high-value crops, consider using row covers to physically exclude the grasshoppers from accessing your plant. In the springtime, till the soil in and near plants to discourage any egg laying or overwintering populations. And then sometimes the problem is serious enough for your farm. We can consider application of baits, dust, and insecticide sprays if necessary. If you want to learn more about grasshoppers or other pests, be sure to visit our website, extension.usu.edu. Now back to Western Life Radio with your host, Brian Brinkerhoff. Welcome back to Western Life Radio. I'm Brian Brinkerhoff, host this program. We have Mr. Peter Milburn joining us once again with TBF and Salt City Bassmasters. This time of year, we got high temperatures. There's a lot of stress potentially on these fish. We have to remember to release them quickly to minimize stress on them so we can catch them again in the future. They don't stock bass as regular as they do trout in most of our waters. There is some, but not as much. It's not as active of a program. So releasing these properly makes a big difference. It makes a big impact on the future of the fishing here. 
Yeah, and that's a good point to bring up right now. With the water temperatures being warmer, it's really, really important to minimize the handling of the fish as much as possible right now. Especially your salmonoid species that need colder water. It's really important if you're going up to strawberry and catching cutthroats, get them to the boat, get them unhooked, and let them go as quick as possible. Because the surface temperature of the water, if you keep them out of the water very long, they're going to end up dying. So get those fish released as quick as possible, especially the cold water species like trout. And the bass, handle them carefully. And if they're not going to go upright right away, wash them back and forth, get water running through their gills to get them so that they have their equilibrium back before you let them go. Because if they flip upside down, they may not ever end up flipping right side up. So try to minimize the impact and stress on those fish as much as possible this time of year. Exactly. I know a lot of people like fishing in the heat, but, man, it's tough on those fish, especially after a good fight. Yeah, and if you're using bait and it's way down there in their gizzard, just snip your line as close to the hook as you can and let them go with the hook in there. And hopefully the hook will rust out. So don't manhandle them. If you reach in there with a pair of pliers and rip the hook out, you better be keeping that fish because it's going to bleed to death. Great advice. If folks want to learn more about bass fishing, if they want to become part of these organizations to catch bass, to be part of the tournaments, to have some fun, have some camaraderie, learn more about the sport, where do they go? Like I say, Salt City Bassmasters is the club that I belong to, and I am the administrator on the Facebook page, and so I will respond to any messages anybody puts on there. And it's salt, space, city, space, bass, B-A-S-S, space, masters. If you look at that, search that, you'll find our Facebook page. If you type in salt city and bass masters as one word, you're going to find the one that's in Syracuse, New York. So Syracuse, New York up there used to be called the Salt City area, so just remember that. But if you get the one in Syracuse, New York, you know you get it for the space between Bass and Masters. That'll be a bit of commute for a fishing tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of these days, I'm going to go rent a bass boat on the St. Lawrence and go up there and catch some of those six-pound smallmouth that are up there. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Any other advice or tips for folks out there going bass fishing this time of year? If they have any questions, like I say, clubs are a great resource to start getting into it and learning it. There are the youth programs that are coming along, like I said, the high school association and the youth leagues. And you can look on Facebook. Utah Bass Nation has a youth section. You can look at that. There's different places to look, different resources. But a club is a great way to get introduced to it if you think you want to really get into it come to a club fish some events have some guys help you and then if you want to end up getting whole hog into it and buying yourself a hundred thousand dollar bass boat and eighty thousand dollars worth of gear and a truck have at it but if you just want to learn about doing it guys are willing to help and that's the great thing i've met very few fishermen who weren't willing to help other fishermen out and so it's a great opportunity if you want to get involved in bass fishing, come join a club or look into TBF or BASS, join a membership of those. 
then you can start fishing some of the qualifiers if you want to see about moving up to higher levels before you plunge into it and go on the Wild West Bass Tour or the MLF Bass Tour. It takes a lot of sponsorship and a lot of practice to be in the major league fishing where they're on TV. So you don't get there overnight. you got to get your way up there. A few years ago, we did a story, I think it was with Bass Nation, if I remember correctly, they had a tournament actually on Utah Lake, and UVU actually has a bass team for their students, and they actually did very well competitively across the nation, and it's neat. There's a lot of folks out there involved in the bass fishing sport. It is fun. Yeah, UVU has one, and I think Dixie has one. I think Utah State's gonna has a bass club, too, so some of the colleges are getting more into it, having bass clubs, so there's definitely opportunities there. There's some colleges down south that actually have scholarships for bass clubs for tournament angling so there's that opportunity too but boy to get one of those you better be practicing yes you do (laughs) i thought uvu had scholarships in that realm too which surprised me the first time we talked about that i thought wow what a cool scholarship to have (laughs) do what you love and do it well that can pay off and it can help you off with your education I do know if you go through the high school deal and you can win scholarship money through the high school federation, then you can transfer to a school that has a club that's affiliated. So you can use that scholarship towards colleges that have affiliated programs. So it's kind of cool. That is cool. You get your college paid for if you're a good fisherman, right? That's my kind of scholarship. (laughs) My problem would be I'd forget to go to classes. I'd be out practicing fishing. I know, me too. (laughs) And I'm working so hard to keep my scholarship. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Now, also, one other thing we got to talk about, we're fast approaching the archery hunts. Are you going out on the archery hunt this year? Are you going to be? Absolutely. I've been archery hunting for ever since I could. So it's a fun pastime. I'd love to do it. Try to practice get my arm in shape, make sure I can hit something. And I'm not going after a big trophy buck. I just like going out there and being out there. We're going to try to get my son a deer. He's gotten into archery hunting, and we haven't gotten him a deer yet. So we're trying to get him a deer, and hopefully we'll get him one this year. And that'll be a lot of fun. We're going out with a group of guys that are a great group of guys, just having a good time camping and hiking around the mountains and sitting on some water holes and doing some different things. And it's a good experience. I like archery hunting because you put on your camos and sneak around, and it's almost like you're come one with the environment there when you're sneaking around. It's just a lot of fun for me. It's those woodsman skills you develop when you're doing that. You have to pay so much more attention because it's not a long shot. You know, it's not 300 yards away. You've got to get really close. I know guys that can pretty consistently hit things at like 100, 120 yards with a bow, and I'm like, I won't even shoot that far. Pretty much if it's 50 yards or more, I won't shoot. Because I'm pretty dang accurate out to about 35, 40. And I have killed deer at 55, but that's as far as I'll shoot. I'm not good enough. I know some of these guys are pretty darn good at 100 yards, but not me. Not to mention you start losing a lot of the impact at those longer distances. I mean, you end up sometimes wounding those animals instead of bringing them down. But it's amazing. Modern broadheads are so sharp. I've only had one that ever stuck in the animal. They've all gone through it. So the one that stuck in the animal, the animal died within about two seconds. But I've only had one actually stick in the animal. I think it hit a bone when it went in or something. It's probably a good thing that it did because it just chewed up everything. But I know that 
modern broadheads are just so sharp, and they make such clean cuts that the animals bleed out pretty quick. It's pretty painless. So as long as you make sure you place in your shot, I hate people that don't practice and they shoot at a deer that's 140 yards away, and they hit it in the rump or something, and it just annoys me. There's no business doing that. You need to know your limitations, know your ranges, practice, and only take shots that you know you can make because you don't want to wound a deer. And you need to be prepared to process that animal quickly, especially this time of year when we're dealing with extreme heat. If you don't get it taken care of quickly, you're not going to have anything worth eating when you're done. Yeah, we end up usually we'll cut it down and put it on ice as soon as possible unless we got somebody who's got a walking refrigerator we can take it to really quick. We'll usually get it out, pack some ice in the chest cavity. If you're high in the Uintas or somewhere where it's getting really cool at night, you can hang it in a tree, and as long as it's in the shade and it cools down well at night, you're probably okay. But most of the places, I mean, especially this year, with the smoke and everything, as hot as it's been, if it doesn't cool down in the next two weeks, you know it's going to be really hot on the bow hunt. So definitely take a lot of ice with you and cool that baby down as fast as possible. Exactly. Any other advice you have for archery hunters out there? I would just say, you know, one thing is with this dry weather, they're definitely going to be around water. So look for sources of water. And believe it or not, it's a lot easier to sit on a source of water and let them come to you than it is to try to sneak up on them. So I'm a big, big advocate of sitting on water holes or springs or something where I know they're using. And you can utilize trail cameras to see what areas they're using, and that's a good way. And if you do that, you're sitting on a water hole or whatever, you can actually range out all the distances so there's no guesswork. When an animal comes in, you know how far it is. You know where to aim. You know how to hit that animal cleanly and make it as humane and quick a kill as possible. So personally, I love sitting on water holes or springs because I know the distances. I know where I need to aim. I've killed a lot of deer and elk on water holes. So that's what I like to do myself. That sounds like a great plan, especially this year, with the heat and the lack of moisture everywhere. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I mean, I know when I was younger, I really liked to do a lot of spot and stock, where you just glass, 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 find a buck that you liked and sneak in on them. And that's fun, but the same token is, if you want to make sure you're shot, you got to be able to range find it or make sure you know the distance, because we all think we're pretty good at guessing distances, but unless you practiced it a lot, Unless you have a range finder, you don't know if it's 30 or 40 yards. You don't know if it's 30 or 60, and sometimes that can be a difference in where you hit it. So you want to definitely practice that, too. When you go out, when you're sneaking around the woods, have a range finder with you and just range some trees as you're going along and just get the distances. Because when there's shadows or the sun angle's different, the distances look different. So... Just practice that as you're going out hiking around looking for deer. Practice guessing the ranges or ranging it and making sure that you're going to be using the right pen. The other thing is try to be calm and think through your shot. Think, okay, that's 30 yards. I need to use this pen, and I'm going to aim right there and pick a spot on the animal before you shoot. And don't just shoot at the animal. Pick that spot where you want that arrow to go. That range finder is actually a fun game to play with the kids, too. 
say, okay, how far is it to this rock? How far is it to this tree? And then have everybody guess and then find out what it really is with the rangefinder. I know a lot of people who do that throughout the year. Just bring that little yeah, rangefinder it, with them. It's really important because if you have to make a quick decision where you just don't think you can get your rangefinder out and up and look, and you want to be able to be pretty sure about how far that shot is. And so by practicing, you can cut that risk factor down a lot by practicing. Yep, right on target. We got a lot more to talk about. We're going to bring you back again. Real quick, though, it is right now the time to be working with those dogs as we fast approach the fall hunts. Any bird dog wants to get out, they want to play with you, it's good to get them in shape, get them ready for those hunts. So that way, opening morning, you're not contributing to a lot of the colorful language out there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Get them trained. Get them well trained. Make sure that if you are taking your dogs out, you know, try to do it in the morning and the evening and making sure you've got plenty of water with you. People don't realize how fast a dog can get dehydrated if they're running around. So I get dehydrated really fast, so I have to make sure I'm drinking because I've had issues with getting dehydrated lately. So make sure you're hydrating yourself and the people as hot as it's been lately. Make sure you're hydrating yourself because if you decide to go hiking up on the bowhunt and you don't have water with you, you can get into some serious trouble with dehydration. Excellent advice. I sure do appreciate you taking time with us today, Peter. You are awesome. Again, Peter Milburn with Salt City Bass Masters and TBF. You're incredible. Thank you for taking time with us today. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. We'll do her again soon. with the world through Rise Broadband and stay in touch with all things important to you and your family. Known as the number one fixed wireless internet provider in the United States, Rise Broadband will keep you connected with work, school, shopping, and entertainment. Whether you live in a suburban or rural area, Rise helps keep you and your family connected with the people and things that you value most. Rise Broadband offers flexible packages designed to meet your budget so you can enjoy all your favorite music and movies with fast, reliable, in-home Wi-Fi. Stream your favorite shows, play the hottest games without buffering, and stay in touch with family and friends on Skype. Get more for less with Rise Broadband. To check availability in your area, visit risebroadband.com or call 844-411-RISE. Hey, let's hit the lake. Put on your life jackets and let's go. But Mom, when will I be old enough so I won't drown and I don't have to wear my life jacket? Will I be invincible just like you? Sweetie, I'm not invincible. I need my life jacket too. Anyone can drown, no matter how old they are. Accidents do happen. Protect yourself and set an example. Wear the proper safety gear when you're on the water. Please remember, nobody is invincible. 
summer has officially begun and Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. From hiking to camping to shooting, ready for some fishing? Sportsman's Warehouse has all the rods, reels, baits and nets you need for success. And hunting season will be here before you know it, so bring in your bows for free tune-ups. The best part of all is that at Sportsman's Warehouse, you'll find knowledgeable people who are passionate about what they do and they will get you just what you need. Sportsman's Warehouse, take it outside. Put on your helmet, let's go. But mom, when will I be old enough so I don't have to wear my helmet? When will I become invincible just like you? Sweetie, I'm not invincible. I need my helmet too. Anyone can get hurt, no matter how old they are. Be responsible and set an example when you ride. Accidents do happen. Please remember, nobody is invincible. Is your boat registered and insured for the summer season? Most boats must have proof of insurance on board and be properly registered with bow numbers and stickers. Take the Utah Boating or Coast Guard Auxiliary courses and you just might get a discount on your insurance. For a copy, call 801-538-BOAT. This message brought to you by the Utah State Parks Boating Program. Discover the magic within Utah State Parks with an annual State Parks Pass. From boating and fishing to hiking, camping, and off-highway vehicle adventures, Utah State Parks offers a wide variety of activities in the great outdoors. An annual State Park Pass opens the gate to year-round adventures at an amazing price. The annual State Park Pass provides day-use access for you and your family for 12 months from day to purchase. In addition, you Utah State Parks opens the gate to cultural and historical parks where you can learn more about Utah's rich heritage. And don't forget to reserve your favorite campsites year-round with options in teepees, yurts, and hammocks in addition to the standard tent and RV options. Visit the trailhead for more information at stateparks.utah.gov. You know my thing that a day on the lake is all fun and the sun on your bum? But you, my friends, are incorrect. Today we're gonna feel the burn together while Roar gets you ready for a safe day on the lake. Not only do life jackets save your lives, but they make you look amazing. Let's get started. This first routine is an important one. You gotta zip it. Gotta zip it. Gotta click it. Zip it. Click it. Look at you, Terry. Oh yeah, guys got it. Fly down the boat. Wave to the boat. Scream for help. Oh! What's wrong, Terry? I just I just can't swim good. Oh, that's okay, little buddy. That's what this is for. Oh. Thanks for my exercise. I think you're ready for a safe day on the lake. Just remember, always wear your life jacket. Explore the universe from one of Utah's dark sky parks. With more than 14 state park destinations to choose from, your family can gaze at the Milky Way, watch the moon rise, or make a wish during a meteor shower. With the right telescope, you can find nearby planets, tour distant galaxies, 
or capture the heavens with your own deep space photography. Your adventure begins with a camping reservation and a clear view to the darkened skies. Launch your epic nighttime adventure at stateparks.utah.gov. I'm Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. We live in an incredible state, and this time of year, my family and I, we love to ride. Unfortunately, we've had too many fatalities this year. And while safety equipment is critical, it's not enough. Remember to always be aware of your surroundings and never ride beyond your capabilities. We wanna make sure that you make it home safe. And never forget, nobody is invincible. When carrying a firearm, always treat it as if it were loaded. Always keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on target and you're ready to fire. Never let your muzzle point at anything you're not willing to destroy. And always be sure of your target, its environment, and any other safety hazards. This announcement has been brought to you by TaylorGunsmithing.com. Don't let your next family outing end in tragedy. Don't drink and ride. Driving an OHV under the influence of alcohol is no different than driving your car under the influence of alcohol. Law enforcement officers will be out checking riders and operators of OHVs. You could end up seeing jail time, loss of driver's license, the same stiff penalties that apply to operating a car. This message is from the Utah Division of Parks and Recreation. Ride responsibly. No matter what's bugging you this summer in your garden, the USU Extension Service Integrated Pest Management Program can help you find solutions. From free fact sheets and books to seminars and updated pest advisories, this website will point you in the right direction. To find these and other free resources, stop at extension.usu.edu forward slash pests. travel exploring the woodlands the red rocks and streams he's sharing his campfire from season to season new places and people with stories and dreams through cadence of nature the wilderness beckons a song of the mountains rings out through the trees the voice of the backcountry echoes forever it carries the message live wild and free wild and free the song of the mountains is calling to me wild and free in the great western wildlands discover the backcountry dream folks you've been listening to western life radio a 30-year outdoor and western lifestyle tradition Thanks for joining us. May all your days be filled with new adventures. I'm Brian Brinkerhoff.